All right, so this morning we're going to do a lesson on the love of God. We're going to talk about the love of God and, and what it is, um, how it pertains to us. So we're just going to begin with an extremely familiar scripture that everybody has at least heard of, but it's John 3.16. So that's what we're going to do. You don't necessarily have to turn to it. Everybody probably familiar with it. But it says, uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when we come face to face with the love of God, what is our response? Uh, how will this great deed be received? How is it that we receive this knowledge that God loved us so much that He sent His only Son? And uh, we come to this holy God whose love is so great that He sent His Son to be beaten, laughed at, humiliated, and to die for the sins of the ones beating. And throughout the entire Bible, God's love and mercy is shown in many and great ways. Everywhere from the fall of man when God curses the ground instead of Adam. Whenever Adam and Eve ate of that fruit and God gave the curse of them, God cursed the ground and it says that uh, God said it was cursed for Adam's sake. And I believe that, that God had the ability there. He could have cursed Adam. He could have, he could have put something on him that it was impossible for him to bear or, uh, or something that would have been great consequence. But instead, God cursed the ground for Adam's sake. That was a sign of mercy. That was a sign of God's grace. And we find the love of God for the children of Israel. Uh, he heard the cries of the people whenever they were in the bondage of Egypt, whenever they were slaves. And He sent a Christ-like image to deliver them from that bondage. He sent Moses to pull them out of that Egypt, uh, that, that life of bondage in Egypt. They were slaves in that situation. And that the thing is that the pattern continues all through the Bible, all the way through Revelation. God shows His love and His mercy through the things that He does. But the real question is, is what will we do with this love? Oftentimes we, uh, we'll read John 3.16 and we'll just kind of shrug our shoulders and uh, we'll think to ourselves, I didn't, really, I didn't ask for Him to send His Son. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault that Jesus died. He did that all on His own. I didn't ask for it. Why did He do it? I don't understand. I mean, it's not my problem. But the... Uh, and we may even think, you know, Jesus sounds like a nice guy. I don't, I don't understand uh, why I have to feel guilty about Him dying for me. But the reality is, is that we were the ones that were driving the nails. We were the ones crucifying Christ on that day. The, it's not necessarily about a guilt, because it was our sin that made the cross the only solution. It was our sin that caused the re, was the purpose that... Jesus dying and being crucified was the only solution. That was the only thing that would redeem us. That was the only way to uh, give us salvation. But it was His love that put Him on the cross. So it wasn't, it's not that we should feel guilty that Jesus had to die for us, but it's, we should be appreciative. We should understand that it was the love of God that put Christ on that cross. Because Christ came to take your sin and received the judgment for it. Christ took that, took that judgment and put it upon Himself for your sin. Everything that you've done, every single lie, every evil thought, 
all the hatred that you hold and every lust that you have, he paid the price so that you could go free. That is the love of God. That's the love of Christ. That's why he came. But he didn't just stop there. His re- he was resurrected to give you new life. To give you the ability to overcome sin, to remove you from the bondage of it. So he didn't just simply stop at dying, but he was resurrected. And that resurrection was not necessarily for him, but it was for you, to give you new life. That resurrection brought new life to you. That will give you the ability to be free from the bondage of it. Uh, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, uh, it says, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And pointing out that we might live through Him. Because I believe today most Christians are living in grace. Uh, they're just simply living in the grace of God and have not entered into the, uh, the victorious new life of Christ. They, they simply understand that Christ died and that gave them forgiveness of their sin, but they've not moved on into the resurrection and the new life of Christ. It says that Jesus came that we might live through Him. Because we know that as long as, we're, uh, as long as we're still bound to that old, that old nature, we're still bound by sin, right? And Jesus throughout His ministry uh, would say that if you love Me, you will keep my commandments or keep my commandments if you love me. That's what Christ is saying. That's what Christ throughout his ministry has said, that the people that love him will keep his commandments. But these commandments cannot be kept by somebody living in that old life, right? Somebody that's still living in the flesh uh, because we know that uh, through Scripture it says that those that are walking in the flesh fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, and that that Old Testament law wasn't to redeem us, but it was simply to show us the wrong that we've done. But, uh, because they're, uh, but they're bound in that old life, and they're unable to perform it because they're still bound to the sin. We've, they've not been free. They've not been free. Uh, but a man or woman walking in the new life, the life of Christ, will keep His commandments. Right? The, those that walk in the Spirit... Uh, will f- do the things of the Spirit. They will minister life. We've talked a lot about it over the, in the past, that when the, if you're walking in Christ, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in that Spirit, trust in that Spirit, live in that Spirit. The, the flesh will not perform its work. And we may struggle at times, because we're obviously we're a work in progress. But the ultimate result will be our desire to do the work of God that He's given us. Our desire will to, uh, to be what it is God wants us to be. That's where our desire will be. We may fall short. We may stumble and trip and, and, and fail God many times. But one thing that's amazing that we need to remember is that we don't lose our position of righteousness just because our condition of righteousness is not where it should be. We don't, we don't have our position with God removed simply because we are unable to perform in the manner that we know we should perform. That's why Christ came. That's why He died. That's why He was resurrected more so. That's why Christ had to be resurrected to give us the life so that we can perform those works. 
so that we can be in right standing with God. Uh, so, for example, even in the Old Testament, uh, the Bible talks about this or shows examples of this because like Abraham, God uh, failed God plenty of times. He told, uh, when I went down, I believe it was to Egypt, could be wrong, but down to Egypt, he told uh, Pharaoh that, that, was, that his wife was his sister because he was scared. Was scared that they would kill him and then take his wife and all his possessions and everything anyway. So uh, he lied and, and didn't trust God. But as he continued, his faithfulness to God allowed God to perform the work that he had. God never stripped Adam, or Abraham's uh, righteousness, never stripped Abraham's position with God, never took away the promise that God gave him just because Abraham did something stupid. Yes. And the same goes for David. He was a man throughout the Bible that is known for the horrible things he did. I mean, basically, David's account, uh, the account of David throughout the Bible is basically just a record of a bunch of really bad decisions that he made. But the thing is, is even in all that, he was still considered a man after God's own heart. He was still considered uh, somebody that God valued greatly. And, the, and because he would continue to return, he would continue to repent. And we know that through reading Psalms, all the Psalms that he wrote. He would fail miserably, but he would repent to God. He would cry out for mercy. Uh, so we find that this love from God extends beyond our performance and is rooted in genuine, unconditional love for us. Right? It's just because He loves us. It is simply because He loves us that Christ died on the cross. That is simply what it is. He did the action. He did all of it because He loves us. It's That's exactly nothing more, nothing less than the pure love of God is why Christ died. Now I heard a pastor uh, preaching and he said that in his church they have a saying that if you go up to them and you say that you love them, uh, they'll respond with put blood on it. And uh, I, I take that to, the way I understand that is I take it to mean that if you come and tell me that you love me and I say put blood on it, I'm saying prove it. Show me. Mm. Prove that you love me. Don't just tell me. Uh, don't just tell me that you love me, but show that you love me. Yeah. Uh, and God didn't just tell us that He loves us. He showed us that He loves us. He showed us that. He showed us by giving us mercy when we deserved judgment, right? He gave us grace when we deserved condemnation. And He gave us Jesus when we deserved hell. That's what, that's what, that's what God did. Christ gave His life because He wanted to just show, God wanted to show His love towards us, right? He didn't want to simply say, I love you. He wanted to show that love. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 21, it says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. So God put 
God put blood on it when He said He loves us. He sent Christ to die to be sin, though He knew no sin. He gave Himself to the world, not putting, his, not putting our trespasses against us, not putting our sin on us, but He came so that He could redeem us. That was God putting blood on that, on that love. That is God putting action to what He said He would do. So in that, we must do the same, right? We can't simply just say that we love God. We must put blood on it. Throughout the Bible, it talks about when I said that Jesus said that if you love me, keep my commandments. What he's saying there, like I said, that is that he's saying, put blood on it. Show me that you love me. Be able to uh, show me that you truly love me. If you truly do love me, you will perform this. This will happen in your life. Those that, uh, those that truly love God will find themselves uh, hating sin. They will find themselves desiring to be doing the things of God, desiring to know God, desiring to know the greatness of God. And uh, so why is it that we view God's love so uh, nonchalantly? Why do, we, why do we view it as though it's something that was just... Uh, just the same as me saying I love you and having no action because God performed that action. He paid such a price. And there's a saying that I, that I heard and it just stuck out to me. It seems so powerful. But it says, May the Lamb that was slain receive the reward of His suffering. May Jesus Christ that died for your sin because He loves you receive the reward for what He died for. For you to love Him back. The Bible says that we love God because He first loved us. Well, He loved us, so why don't we extend that love? Why are we not extending that love? May the Lamb, of God, may the Lamb that was slain receive His reward for His suffering. We must give Christ the, resort, uh, the reward that He needs. Christ will receive His reward, uh, whether we're a part of that or not. And His reward will be a holy bride, pure and righteous. So I want to ask you this morning, do you love God? Do you truly love God? Do you, uh, do you know that you love God? Do you, uh, have you dedicated that, that desire to Him, to know Him, to draw close to Him? So I'm going to go ahead and have you stand. Um, or not have you stand, but I'm going to ask you to stand if you love God. And I'm going to call you out right now. I'm going to call you out this morning. If you love God, stand now in front of everybody. Show God. Put some blood on that. Put some action on what it is that you believe. Do you honestly believe uh, that Christ came? Do you honestly believe that God loved you? Do you love God because He loved you? Do you understand what it is that He did? Do you desire to know God? So if at all those that have stand, I'm going to have you to step out just yet farther. And if you would, come forward and I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to pray that we know God greater. That we, that we come closer to God. That we understand His love. That we understand what it is that He done for us. Not because we have to be good people, but because God is good. Because God is good. So if you would, come. If you want to come. I'd ask you to come. Come and stand up front and we're going to pray. It's like nothing in the
Father God, I ask You this morning just to move on Your children. We thank You for all that You've done. We thank You for this lesson. We thank You for all the works that You've done. All the things that You've done in our hearts this morning. God, it may not feel like a great and mighty work has happened, but by faith we're trusting in You that You have done great things. By faith we're trusting in You that You have changed the course of time that You have put inside of us something that cannot be removed by the things of this world. God, we simply glorify You this morning. We worship You in all that You've done. We're trusting in You that You will perfect the work that You have begun in us. That we will not fall to the right or to the left because Your Spirit is leading us. We thank You and we praise You. We want to give You all the honor and glory. We want to continue to walk with You. We want to continue to grow in Your Spirit. We want to continue to worship You, to give You praise, to give You glory. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Worthy. 